The cannabis industry is growing almost as fast as the cannabis and hemp being planted and harvested. Where, when, and how fast will the cannabis and hemp industries continue to climb? Who will be the people leading the charge into that promised land of profit? Let's pursue those answers and more with The Plant Profits, powered by Protus Global. Here is your host of Plant Profits, Bert Miller. Welcome, everyone. Uh, welcome again to Plant Profits. I'm Bert Miller with Protus Global. And my next guest is the CEO of the first cannabis compliance technology company to really to be traded on the NASDAQ. And making your name uh, as the first CEO from the market to bring you know a company to a major U.S. exchange. Uh, she has been recognized for Fortune's Most Promising Women Entrepreneur Award and is also recognized as one of Inc.'s Female Founders 100 and was chosen, man, she's, she's, uh, she's a rock star, huh? And was chosen for Entrepreneur Magazine inaugural 100 Powerful Women list. Um, some minor to-dos before we do get started. You can follow me on social media, Burt Miller PG. Uh, you can send your questions and comments to the show using hashtag plantprofits. And of course, don't forget to share our podcast with your friends and family. So let's get to it. And the rock star I'm, I have did a brief intro with uh, is Jessica Billingsley uh, of Akerna. She's the CEO of Akerna, and that was formerly known as MJ Freeway. Jessica, welcome to Plant Profits. Thank you so much for having me, Bert. Great. So if you would, just take a couple moments um, before we dig in and get started, uh, just to give us an overview uh, of the, the start of MJ Freeway and then that transition to Akerna. Well, gosh, it's going on 11 years ago now. I was invited to invest in one of the first five legally licensed medical operators in Colorado. And as the uh, investor owner who owned an IT services business at the time, uh, I was asked to choose what software to use to run our business. And I just couldn't find anything that would actually meet uh, both our compliance needs as, as well as some of the unique supply chain tracking needs of cannabis. And, and that's where MJ Freeway was born. Uh -huh. uh, and, and fast forward 10 years later, uh, we, we now we invented the concept of seed to sale tracking, not just for agriculture, uh, for cannabis, but for, for any piece of agriculture. And we currently serve clients, uh, businesses and governments in all, uh, almost every legal U.S. state, uh, as well as 14 other countries outside the U.S., and we have tracked over $16 billion of legal cannabis and hemp sales. Wow, congratulations. Now, what's interesting to me is obviously the first seed to sell tracking technology uh, where you are tracking uh, the entire cannabis supply chain or can track the entire or addressing the entire cannabis uh, supply chain, but also you can uh, util utilize your technology across uh, other sectors. And that seems to have been, have you guys uh, penetrated other sectors as well? Uh, so, yeah. So abs thank you for bringing that up. Absolutely. Uh, our software could, could be adapted to anything that you put on or in your body. Um, mm -hmm. it, we are able to literally track any action that happens uh, to a product from, from when it's in its growth phase, the, the plants are being grown, 
uh, on, on what farm they're grown, when it's harvested, uh, when it's manufactured into a product, when that product is uh, sent to a retail facility and, and when it's sold on what day to, and to whom. And we are currently a, a rapid uh, growing segment of our business is the hemp CBD space, yep. uh, which is uh, more of a traditional agriculture model and of course federally legal here in the US uh, and, and really is our first foray into crossing over to traditional ag tech. Uh, although we've certainly had opportunity over the years, I've consulted for various uh, different uh, types of agricultural products as well as seafood, uh, the hemp CBD in terms of a strategic focus made sense to us uh, as our, our first big strategic um, uh, establishment in the traditional agriculture space. That's interesting, Jessica. So uh, I, I do wanna come back to the hemp and CBD uh, here in a second, but staying along the supply chain in, in your technology, uh, are you utilizing, for example, blockchain? So blockchain is quite a, a hot topic, isn't it, in, yeah. uh, in the tech world? I actually wrote a blog about blockchain, cryptocurrency, and, and cannabis that is uh, available on our website, uh, mjfreeway.com forward slash blog. Or I think if you just Google blockchain and MJ Freeway, it'll come up. So what's interesting about blockchain, blockchain has some, some very interesting potential applications to cannabis in, in terms of how it adds this immutable chain of record and, and of mm. data to cannabis. But there is a piece of it that, it that I think is not generally well understood by the general public, which is that part of it being this non-auditable record is that it's actually peer reviewed. So when you add something to one of these mm -hmm. blockchain tracking mechanisms uh, in, in that, that lives in, uh, in the cloud somewhere, that has to then be reviewed and signed off on by some type of a peer. And that has two implications for being able to use it <laughs> for cannabis. One is that it will never replace a real-time transaction system that you need to run your business. You need something that can actually complete a transaction without having to go to somebody else and get signed off on before it can be recorded. Mm -hmm. uh, and two, there is the challenge of peer review. Right. So exactly. So having, really it's probably going to take some type of a, a government to require uh, that, that blockchain be used as a mechanism in order for the transaction database companies to create a peer review system. And, and, then there, and then there has to be somewhere that it's actually going to live and be paid for uh, to live in that immutable record and, and be able to be peer reviewed. Well, what's, that what's staying, you know, it is very helpful, but staying with that line, Jessica, if I think of blockchain and what you just described, the review and it's out there, would that, see, I, I see some of the challenges for companies, particularly when they have IP, uh, whether it be process or products or technology that through blockchain, I guess your IP and your, for lack of a better term, your recipe then would be open to uh, public review. And therefore people could see how you actually do your business. Is that possible? Yes. 
so that is possible, but it doesn't have to be the case. So you can have a blockchain that is not exposed to the public. Okay. Uh, the peer review might be for another technology company. So if you were using MJ Platform and uh, maybe some other company that provides some piece uh, of functionality in the supply chain that, that enables compliance for, for some piece of the supply chain, those two companies might have access to that information, but it wouldn't necessarily be exposed to, to the public and to everyone. So, so it might be the, the peer-reviewed companies as well as maybe a government entity to whom you're reporting that data anyway. Got it. So uh, one more question around all of that. You know, what the opportunities and the discoveries and insight that you now have, uh, you've obviously been gathering a lot of data. So what through uh, that gathering of data, what major insights or discoveries, um, you know, that you made that, you know, perhaps would surprise us or have helped you, you know, or shaped your decisions along the way that may be surprising that's out there? Oh, that's a good one. Well, this one is maybe not such a terrible surprise today, but certainly was not necessarily foreseen by everyone in the industry at the time. We are seeing both purchase and consumption of manufactured products. So products in which cannabis has been changed from its raw dried flower form into uh, another format, whether it is uh, essential oil that will be uh, vaped, consumed being via, via vaping technology, or whether it's been infused into an edible or a lotion or a transdermal patch. There are lots of new delivery methods happening, but what, what we've seen is that, that the sales of what we consider manufactured products or concentrates are overtaking sales of dried flour and what we traditionally think of as cannabis. And that does have a lot of implications for, for business as well as for brands and how mm -hmm. we think about serving our, our clients and our products. So in a way, we consider it and have considered it the harbinger of sophistication and enterprise business and have really used that as a as, as something to push us into ensuring that we're meeting the, the highest standards of a, of a sophisticated uh, enterprise cannabis business of the future. No, that's great. Folks, you're on here with the CEO of Akerna, formerly MJ Freeway. You're listening to Jessica Billingsley, who is the CEO of Akerna. Uh, you can find her at Jessica at mjfreeway.com. You can find out more about Akerna at A-K-E-R-N-A.com and or follow Akerna uh, at Instagram at Akerna Corp. Uh, what we're going to do right now is we're going to jump and break away. And when we come back, we'll have more questions for Jessica in just a moment. And we'll dig back into that part that I alluded to earlier around the CBD, the hemp. And now she's brought by even a more interesting topic around the deliverable, the delivery system of products through consumer products. And we will be right back. Plant profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. 
It's time to Hemp Present. I am going to titillate your audio orifices with weekly radio rendezvous with some of the premier movers, shakers, and history makers of the cannabis community. Radio resident Hempo Sapien Vivian McPeak. I will be putting out a call to action on the issues of the day and putting your interests under the big lights as I provide cannabis commentary and weekly interviews that go straight for the nugular. Marijuana! Hemp Presents, only on Cannabis Radio. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. Bought a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow! The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put different celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is Hemping, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Let me welcome Nick Hexum from 311. We've never heard things like your music when it first came out. It's like to mix the reggae with the punk and all of that together was just such an unusual sound and and we loved it. We realized we're not going to copy what's on the radio. At the time, it was all grunge that was on the radio. And I said, let's just stick to what we know and wait for a culture to come around to us. Hey, it's Nick Hexum from 311, and you're listening to Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina on CannabisRadio.com. The Plant Profits are back to lead the pursuit of the promised land of plant profit. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back. Uh, we're here with Jessica Billingsley. She is the CEO of Akerna. And uh, again, you can uh, find Akerna at Akerna.com, A-K-E-R-N-A. So uh, going off to break, what I mentioned was that we were going to spend some time uh, around the CBD hemp uh, category that she brought up. And, and the fact that, you know, it is no longer uh, on schedule and uh, uh, schedule one drug and that in the old wellness and CBD and hemp space uh, now uh, has access to more institutional funding. And uh, then we can talk a little bit about the delivery of some of the products and, and some of the forms of delivery. The one thing I have a question I have for you, Jessica, is, you know, we're, we're, we're starting to feel a little bit of the effects uh, currently of money drying up in, in the cannabis space. Do you see that, um, at least, you know, it's, gonna, it's a temporary bump in the road probably, but do you see that as helping people pivot a bit for those that can to focus more on the wellness, CBD and hemp space, drive their investments because there's funding and institutional funding uh, that would be available to them, maybe expand that part of their business as long as they uh, have the access and products to go that route. Are you seeing more emphasis toward that part of the business? Well, we're certainly seeing it as a, a rapidly growing area of the business and just, just share that, that really the only difference between 
the, ha- the hemp plant and the cannabis plant are, are not actually two different species. Mm-hmm. It's actually one plant and, and what qualifies for it being considered hemp and legal under the farm bill is the amount of one particular cannabinoid THC. So there, there are over 400 cannabinoids in cannabis. And we really talk about two of them. We talk about THC, which is the one associated with psychoactive properties. And we talk about CBD, which has been associated with a lot of health and wellness benefits. And, and it's actually significantly more complicated than that. And there are many other effective and beneficial cannabinoids in addition uh, to just THC and CBD. But certainly the, the, the federally, U.S. federally legal status for hemp or, or cannabis with a, a low enough percentage of, of uh, THC has enabled more mainstream businesses and, and, and even more what I would consider sophisticated agriculture to evolve. And, and I think that's really a good thing for our industry. And, and for us with, with our clients, what we do with MJ Platform, our ERP program is we track more data points than anyone else really creating this, this transparent and accountable supply chain so that they can have full visibility into their business. And one of the reason why businesses invest in technology like that is to focus on their business fundamentals and on their ROI. And, and as you mentioned, we are, we are seeing a, a little bit of a, a drying up of capital and I won't claim to predict whether it's, it's temporary or, or long-term, but at the end of the day, it just says that businesses need to focus on, on, on business fundamentals. And one of the ways to do that is to get mm-hmm. real control of your supply chain and your data points. And that's a big focus for us in helping our clients. Yeah, no question. And then those that have been focusing, uh, we know some of those, Jessica, those who have been focusing on good business fundamentals. Uh, they are well positioned here going forth, regardless of uh, the, in, the influx of capital. Um, and and or not so uh, that's a great point also thank you very much for certainly laying out the difference between uh, the CBD and and the THC and the psychoactive component there and that it is one plant so I appreciate that and when you think about the anti-counterfeiting solutions that are available um, you know and even to vaporizer companies You've partnered with, you know, Solo Sciences, I believe, which provides that technology. Tell me a little bit about that. So we are so delighted to be partnered with Solo Sciences and, and to be able to, to take our, our seed to sale and, mm-hmm. and extend that to seed to self, extend that reach to the consumer and, and allow the consumers a, a direct way to interact with a product to ensure that it's not a counterfeit product uh, due to the, the cryptographically secure nature of the tagging technology and be able to access our traceability information from our system and, and really understand what they're getting and have confidence in knowing where it came from as well. I love the seed itself. I have not, <laughs> that part I have not heard, so that's outstanding. That's great. So um, as you think about these various components and you think about the products and the delivery of those products and CBD, um, 
where does the FDA come in in your from your perspective in terms of food and beverage and how do you see that playing out uh, if you're willing to put a prediction there? Well, what I can tell you, do you remember, gosh, I guess it's been not quite a year ago now, but there was the, the, the latest uh, food scare for us all was romaine lettuce. Right. And you couldn't get any romaine lettuce at your local, local burrito bowl place. And it took the <laughs> FDA weeks to narrow down the source of that contamination. And then not with 100% accuracy. If that were cannabis, and it were being tracked with our technology, we would know, and we'd know nearly immediately. And so the applications really go beyond cannabis. The, the future of the industry and consumer consumables overall is greater transparency. So meeting the consumer's demand to have access to information about what they eat, put on their skin, uh, and they're willing to pay a premium for products that can provide that insight. Exactly. All right, we're going to jump for a moment and we'll be right back, uh, but stay with us. We have more questions for Jessica Billingsley, the CEO of Akerna, uh, right after this, and we'll be right back. Plant profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. The cannabis industry is growing almost as fast as the cannabis and hemp being planted and harvested. Where, when, and how fast will the cannabis and hemp industries continue to climb? Who will be the people leading the charge into that promised land of profit? Let's pursue those answers and more with the Plant Profits. Welcome to another episode of Plant Profits. I am Bert Miller, your host. As you guys know, the purpose of this show is to introduce you to some of the most forward-thinking executives and companies in the cannabis industry. Plant Profits, only on CannabisRadio.com. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. The Plant Profits are back to lead the pursuit of the promised land of plant profit. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Everybody, we're back. We're back here with Jessica Billingsley, the CEO of Akerna. 
Again, you can find Jessica at Jessica at MJFreeway.com. Uh, you can learn more about Akerna at Akerna.com. And you can follow Akerna on Instagram at Akerna Corp. So, again, we're back with Jessica Billingsley, the CEO of Akerna. And one of the things I saw is that you grew up in Georgia. And I know that uh, the launch of, uh, really before the launch, if you will, of girls' STEM initiatives, et cetera. So, you know, you went off to the University of Georgia, Georgia's computer science program. Um, tell me a little bit more about that and, and the pursuits and that you uh, got, got really involved in, such as rock climbing. And tell me more how that's impacted you. Well... Those are a lot, a lot of things that, that maybe could be boiled down to a, an interest in, in exploring new frontiers, <laughs> if you will. And, and then you could link that to why, why did I have an, an interest in, in cannabis so, so long ago? Uh, most, most early uh, investors or operators in the cannabis industry either were were very motivated by by blazing new frontiers or by some type of a medical motivation and, and I happen to have both uh, but circling back to to the computer science program and the rock climbing I, I remember being one of three women in my computer science program at a very mm -hmm. large public university and what's surprising to me and, and saddening today is that we actually have a lower percentage of women in tech than we did 25 years ago. And mm -hmm. the, the sad statistics are that of, of even the women who go into technology, 56% drop out within the first 10 years. And I think we have, there's, there's a lot of attention and focus on on getting more women into, into STEM, into tech, but not a lot on keeping women in and retaining women once they get started. That 56% drop is a second gate that's really interesting to me. And we've launched at Akerna an initiative that we, we call the One Woman Challenge. Mm -hmm. so we have hashtag One Woman Challenge as well as hashtag Stop the Drop. And, and the, the challenge is really simple. And it's, it's, not, it's not a challenge only to women. It's a challenge to humans, to anyone. Yeah, it's a challenge to all of us. Absolutely. To, to help a woman in some way. And, and, and the idea is that, that, that it's a generally small acts add up and have big impact. So it's a phone call. It's an email. It's a mentoring session. It's an introduction at a timely time. And, and, and to help... Uh, just help give women a little, a little nudge when they need it. Yeah, no, that that's a great point and and great for the one woman challenge. I, I really love that. And you think about what you just mentioned and the drop and roughly, you know, give or take twenty percent of the executives in tech are women, uh, and maybe just a few, uh, just a little bit of higher percentage in cannabis. Um, how do we continue to push and grow? Because uh, I, I would really thought that things were changing in that regard, uh, especially in the in the line of work that I'm in, uh, Jessica, uh, and the people that we work with, and and many of the women that we place in executive roles. 
but it still feels like we are, we're still trying to climb that, that hill a little bit. I'm not going to say mountain, but we're still trying to climb that hill at the moment. Um, and I think you just said it, you know, I think we as a society need to get involved in this, not just women for us to make the, make the progress. Um, how can we better do that? I know the one woman challenge, you're trying to play your role in that. Uh, but what, you know, from a broader perspective, what can we all do? I do think that, and by the way, thank you for asking that, Bert. I appreciate Absolutely. it. And, Absolutely. and just the thought that, that one, one message I think that would be helpful for us to, as just as a whole, communicate and really understand is that by, by every objective measure, diversity is good for business. It's good for ROI. And ultimately, change isn't going to happen unless people really deeply understand that. They understand that this isn't for some altruistic social good that that's only mm. going to get some portion of, of participants. If we all really understand what the studies and statistics say, which are that, that diversity is good for business, it's good for innovation, uh, that's when we start to care. And then I do think the best way is through a some combination of, of small acts as, as well as uh, programs uh, and initiatives at, at every level and, and not to think, well, my, it's almost like my vote doesn't matter. You know, this one introduction or this one thing doesn't matter to, to really acknowledge that, hey, every, every little thing that I might do can make a big difference to someone into their lives. Some of the, 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 the most meaningful things that have happened in my life, in my career along the way, have been from an introduction that was very little time in the effort for the person making it, but mm-hmm. uh, may have been a very meaningful uh, introduction for me and and the implications that it's had for my career growth. That's interesting. And so it is it, it, the, the, the little things that happened and the interest that people take to be in the moment uh, to make an introduction like that can have profound effects on everyone. And I think that I think that is the big thing that um, we all can really take from that. So anyhow, um, what I'd love to do is uh, have you finish up and talk to me a little bit about things you really enjoy uh, outside of what you're trying to do in terms of changing the world. I know the rock climbing piece, but there's rumor that you like to cook. So tell me a little bit about that. (laughs) So it may be my only real domestic skill, but I love that, that time uh, in the kitchen with family. And I use a set of cast iron pots that were cast. Oh, you're going old school, old southern I school. I do, <laughs> I do. They were cast in my grandfather's, grandfather's iron foundry. And there's something about the feeling of those roots and that connection. And and that all maybe ties in in some way to why I care so much mm-hmm. about tracking of, of what we're putting in and on our bodies, that, that, that deep connection to, to that being important to our health, to our well-being, to our communities, to our families. No, that's great. There is so much more that I would love to spend some time with Jessica and ask and um, you never know, Jessica, we may come back to you and ask you to, uh, to be on the show again, because uh, there's a lot more 
that I'm sure you could provide uh, to our listeners of, of tremendous value, not only around business, uh, technology, uh, life in general, in terms of you know, uh, finding a progressive solution to continue to broaden our diversity uh, in the world of uh of corporate America, as well as the emerging companies and emerging categories. So hopefully we can have you back someday here in the future. Um, that's it for our time today. Uh, so, hey, Bert, just please. just one thing. Um, I'm on the road a lot and don't really use email. So reaching out to info at akerna.com would be the best way to reach okay. me rather than through the email address you mentioned earlier. Okay, great. So you can reach out to Jessica at info at akerna.com. Again, that's A-K-E-R-N-A.com. So reach out to Jessica with any questions that you might have. Uh, appreciate that. Thanks uh, for your time today, Jessica. I really do appreciate it. And uh, enjoy the fact that you were here to spend some time with us on Plant Profits. Everyone, please remember to check us out at, at hashtag plant profits make all your posts there you can check me out at bert miller b-e-r-t bert miller p-g and look forward to catching up with you next time and right now we will uh look forward to next week appreciate it thanks jessica thank you so much bert The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.